Tobacco use is the leading cause of preventable disease and death in the United States. In New York alone, smoking kills 28,000 people annually, and roughly 750,000 adult New Yorkers live with smoking-related illnesses. With all of the data and proof around the clear dangers of smoking, why is it so hard to quit? And where do you even begin? Here with us to discuss is Kristen Richardson, director of the CNY Regional Center for Tobacco Health Systems at St. Joseph's Health. This is St. Joseph's Health MedCast from St. Joseph's Health. My name is Prakash Chandran. So Kristen, it's really great to have you here today. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I, I just mentioned some heartbreaking stats. Can you talk a little bit more about what the data is saying about smoking in the U.S. and New York? As you said, about 20% of deaths in the U.S. are caused by smoking. And every time I hear that number, I'm just absolutely blown away. If you think about that, that's one out of every five deaths is associated with smoking. In the U.S., currently, about 17% of U.S. adults report that they are smokers. New York State, 14%. And you might think, well, that's great because we're lower than the national statistics. But unfortunately, if you look at the disparities in our region, so central New York, Onondaga County, and Syracuse, it doesn't look quite as rosy. So in particular, in Onondaga County, rates of smoking based on income and disability are significant uh, in terms of the disparities. Folks who have an income less than $25,000 a year in Onondaga County report smoking at 42%. So again, much higher than that 14% for the state or 17% for the U.S. And in Onondaga County, well, 18% of adults report that they are smokers. If you're looking at Syracuse, the city, almost a quarter, 25% of folks report smoking. So those numbers are really inconsistent and vary based on where you are. Yeah. And I do want to get into that. But first, I wanted to ask, have these numbers and statistics that we're talking about declined? I imagine that with all the press and publication around the dangers of smoking, they have. But maybe you can speak to that for us. Indeed, the rates of cigarette smoking have significantly declined over the past several decades. Unfortunately, those gains have really been inconsistent, meaning they've gone up and down. And then additionally, some groups are still smoking more heavily or at higher rates and therefore suffer disproportionately from those smoking-related cancers and other diseases. So those populations tend to be people who experience inequities in many areas of their lives. So that would include people who are at a lower socioeconomic level, those without a college degree, American Indians, Alaska Natives, African-American Black communities. LGBTQ communities, those in the military, and those with behavioral health conditions. So you kind of touched on this already, but I'd like for you to unpack a little bit more some of the disparities that we see in Onondaga County smoking rates. So in Onondaga County, overall, 18% of adults are current smokers. But when you look at um, some of the things that would cause inequity, things like income or things like disability or mental health, those numbers become much more significant. So folks who have an income less than $25,000 a year in Onondaga County, 42% of those adults are smokers. If you're looking at folks who report poor mental health, their rates are 36.5%. So really significantly different than if you look at the overall just the county. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to mention is that 
you have been seeing a lot of people transition to e-cigarettes, especially over the past couple of years. As far as I understand, e-cigarettes pose significant health risks. So can you talk a little bit about those and also how many people use them? Unfortunately, many people, especially young people, believe that e-cigarettes are less harmful than traditional tobacco products. And what we're finding is that is just not the case, as you said. So we know that e-cigarettes include exposure to a host of harmful chemicals and to very high levels of nicotine. So the aerosol components in e-cigarettes contain carcinogens, which are cancer-causing chemicals. They also contain volatile organic compounds, heavy metals, things like lead that we know are very dangerous to ingest and then chemicals that are linked specifically to lung disease. So in terms of the outcomes, it looks to be pretty similar to tobacco products. We obviously have more statistics and a lengthier period of time to be studying the effects of tobacco products, but we know that those ultrafine particles in e-cigarettes are inhaled even more deeply into the lungs, so there's no reason to believe that the outcomes would be anything but negative. And I've always just wondered why are e-cigarettes and vapes so appealing to young people? Yeah, I think that e-cigarettes, again, are particularly concerning for young people because they're often the first product that they use. They're readily available because they're often sold at a lower cost. Additionally, many of the flavorings in them tend to appeal to young people in particular. Again, going along with that incorrect idea that many people have that they're less harmful, when you have a candy-flavored product, it doesn't seem as scary, right? Unfortunately, that leads to, again, young people believing that they're not as harmful, getting addicted to nicotine, and then potentially using those nicotine-containing products or tobacco products lifelong. Recently, some research in New York State showed that over the past 30 days, 22% of high school students said they used some form of electronic vapor product. So that's a huge number of students in our state. Yeah. You know, I do want to talk about how hard it is to quit, especially if you're addicted. But first, I just want to address that, you know, I just from the environment that we live in, people are going to do what they're going to do. So just, I guess, from a restriction or jurisdiction standpoint, what can we do to discourage tobacco use? Sure. So a number of things that we have found to be helpful, obviously, have been enacted over the years. Although I will say that there's always seems to be these loopholes or catches that are these workarounds that we have to work on continuously. So tobacco taxes is one of the most effective strategies we have found. New York State has the second highest tax on tobacco products in the nation, and we have found in New York State for that to be very effective. Cost for a pack of cigarettes in New York State averages $12.85, which that's another one of those numbers that just kind of blows my mind when I think about if someone smokes a pack of cigarettes a day or a pack every two or three days, that's a lot of money. So those taxes help discourage, especially young people, from starting. Things like Clean Indoor Air Act, so not allowing people to be smoking in spaces where they can expose others to secondhand smoke. It is um, protective for the folks around them, so it doesn't allow people to be exposed to the secondhand smoke, but additionally discourages people from smoking in that it provides less opportunity for them to have an area to do so. Um, specifically looking at young people, there's youth access laws. So raising that legal age to purchase tobacco and nicotine-containing products is a way to decrease the number of teens and young people who become smokers. Flavor restrictions is another. It's really well established that those flavorings in tobacco and nicotine-containing products is enticing to young people so that when we make that uh, illegal or limit that, young people are less exposed. Licensing laws, so requiring people who are selling tobacco products and e-cigarettes 
to have a license to do so and prohibiting the sale of tobacco products in in pharmacies reduces the availability and also allows for state regulation and oversight of those sales. And then point of sale laws. So retailers are prohibited in New York State from redeeming any kind of coupon or discount for tobacco products. You know, we know that people know that smoking isn't good for them, but they're addicted. So can you talk a little bit about why it's so hard to quit? With addiction, it's something that people are not able to just stop using whatever that product is, whether it's nicotine or some other, with a singular attempt. It often takes many tries before that's possible. Healthcare providers, though, are in a really critical position to help patients to quit smoking. Because when a patient teams up with their healthcare provider, they can be provided treatments that are known to be effective and proven. We also know that by teaming up with a healthcare provider in that way, long-term quit rates more than double. So folks are twice as likely to be successful when they work with their healthcare provider, with their doctor or their nurse practitioner or whoever they see for their healthcare. That's an amazing increase in their likelihood of success. And I think that people are generally aware of this, but can you talk about some of the benefits of quitting? Quitting smoking has an amazingly profound uh, impact on both your current and long-term health at any age. If, even if you are a lifelong smoker, a heavy smoker, no matter where you are, there are a lot of different interventions that are known to be effective and proven to lead to smoking cessation. We know that no matter how long you've been smoking, when you do stop, it's, this is amazing to me whenever I think of this, I find the body to be quite fascinating, so I apologize for being a bit of a nerd here, but it's amazing to me within 20 minutes after you stop smoking, your heart rate and your blood pressure drop. 12 hours later, the carbon monoxide levels in your blood, which have been impacted by your smoking, return to normal. And then after three months, your lung function has measurably increased. So again, it's, it's amazing that immediate and long-term, we know bottom line, quitting is the best way for smokers to lower their risk of disease. So lung cancer, cardiovascular disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and for sure, the best way to protect their family and loved ones from the risks associated with secondhand smoke. Yeah, absolutely. So given all that, if someone is listening to this and they're ready to quit smoking, what should they do? So for health quitting, all of us at the Central New York Regional Center for Tobacco Health Systems at St. Joseph's encourages folks to get in contact with their doctor. Call your healthcare provider. Um, if you are unable to get in quickly for that, or if that's not the route you want to go, we encourage folks to contact the New York State Smokers Quit Line, and you can do that either by phone or online. The Smokers Quit Line can be reached at 1-866-NEW-YORK-QUITS or at www.NewYorkSmokeFree.com. And what about the New Yorkers that are vaping a lot? Do they have a resource? Like, is there someone they can call? So one resource still would be the Smokers Quit Line for folks who are adults. However, for younger people who are looking to quit vaping, the Department of Health has partnered with the Truth Initiative, which is a national not-for-profit public health organization, and they've created a New York State-specific version of their text-based intervention. And it's called Drop the Vape. And for New Yorkers between 13 and 24 who want to stop vaping, they can enroll in a free anonymous text messaging program by texting Drop the Vape to 88709. Yeah, so let's say they enroll in this anonymous free uh, texting support, uh, Drop the Vape. What exactly do they get out of it? So enrollees uh, receive interactive daily text messages that are tailored to their sign-up date or to their target quit date if they choose to set one. 
And messages would include things like just encouragement, motivation, some tips, some skills, and self-efficacy building exercises and coping strategies to help them through the day-to-day. It also does direct users to the New York State Quitline, which provides free and confidential quit coaching for people who vape or smoke. They do also provide uh, starter kits of nicotine replacement therapy for folks who are eligible in New York State to help them uh, break their dependence on smoking or vaping because, again, it is that nicotine addiction that you're treating. So just before we close here today, there might be people listening uh, that are addicted to cigarettes or addicted to vaping, and they feel like there's no hope. Maybe they've tried to quit before, um, but it's just ingrained in their daily routine. Um, Maybe they feel like it's too late for them. Um, What might you say to people that think this way? The most important thing I think I would want to make sure that folks knew is that it's never too late. It's never too late to quit. They're never too far gone, no matter how many years they've been smoking, no matter how much they do smoke there is always the potential to stop. The health benefits of quitting are real, no matter how long they've been smoking. And I think the biggest thing for people to realize is they don't have to do it all at once or immediately today. They can get help and working with their healthcare provider, working with the smokers quit line, having those resources and those supports, they can be successful. And people need to have a plan and have that support before they go forward with the process. I think when people feel alone, when they feel like this is all on them, it's too overwhelming. They need to have that support with their healthcare team, with some coaching through a program like the New York State Smokers Quit Line, and success is always possible. Well, Kristen, I think that's the perfect place to end. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That was Kristen Richardson, Director of the CNY Regional Center for Tobacco Health Systems at St. Joseph's Health. For more information, contact the New York State Smokers Quit Line at 866-NY-QUITS or go to the website nysmokefree.com. For younger people between the ages of 13 to 24 who are looking to quit vaping, please enroll in free anonymous text support by texting "Drop the Vape" all one word to 88709. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is St. Joseph's Health Medcast from St. Joseph's Health. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thanks so much for listening.